And today we are going to have a, a check-up. What sort of check-up it is? It will be, it will be the spiritual check-up. And the title for today is Spiritual Wellness of Life Center. We are checking our wellness as a church, not just in the region, but as a church. So what I'm going to share today is all concerned about the whole church, not one person. But you can, of course, the, the church is made up with people, right? So of course you're one of them. Then you can also have your individual spiritual checkup in, at the same time. Okay, so, so as we are a church, so what we are doing is that actually we are an organization, right? So any organization in, on this earth, in this world, they are with the human influence, right? With human infiltration, there's no perfect organization. I would say there's no perfect structure. Whether for the government, for a nation, even for a church. So what we are going to do is that we need to pursue a kingdom structure. So that means that we are going to build a new version of the church. So we need to love the church, yet hate denomination. Wow, what a strong word, right? Hate denomination. But you know what? I've been very embarrassed when people ask me to explain what's the difference between the Catholic Church and the Christian Church. They ask all, all the time I will be asked, why there are so many de denominations in, in Christianity? And then I find it really difficult to answer that. Okay, and so, and then as, as time, you know, the history goes, and then the denomination gets stronger and stronger. Some of them are quite, you know, powerful, and they even in, influence um, the, a nation like the Church of England is influencing the whole Britain, right? And, and in, in Scotland, I think that the, deno the denomination is dominant one would be the Church of Scotland. Am I right? Uh-huh. So, and then they, I mean, denomination between denomination, they always have some disagreement. And that is something that actually not biblical, I would say, not biblical at all, because we are only one church. So, now, for, as a, for a church, and we develop, right? And then in the past, and then I have heard that, um, I, before I came, I came to Life Center, I mean, and, and we, people are gathered in this place to worship the Lord. But now we moved on. We moved on to a newer place, to the central. And uh, actually, of course, it's good that all the things continue, right? But, as, but the, I, I believe that the Lord had new plans every day. So we are not looking for an expansion plan, not just expand, you know. And I can see outside that, that put out there, uh, the, the name of the church is Pentecostal Church, right? Mm -hmm. Or Church of Pen Pentecost, I cannot remember. But now we do not need a succession plan to, to continue this church. We need to expand it, to expand the church. Mm -hmm. So that is a new mindset and also Sometimes we think that, oh, we only have this much, so we go for a building this big. 
and the law had already broken up our limit, limited mindsets already, right? Last time, we were looking at the place near Mercury Hotel, and it's quite a nice place, actually, quite a nice place. And we've been praying, and then we've been, uh, you know, doing prayer walk around the area, hoping to get a place. But the law is saying, no, not this one. Space, space, space. And then he's saying that the one that he is going to give us is a much bigger place. So if we are having a limited mindset, we cannot see the word of God. I mean the hands of the law on us, right? So we are having a limitless mindset. Today, we're having, you know, maybe under 20 people here. One day, we are going to have 200, 2,000. 20,000 in Life Center. Mm -hmm. And we're sending out, you know, missionaries mm -hmm. to different churches. That's mm -hmm. what expansion plan means. Mm -hmm. So we can be, you know, every one of us can lead a department, right? Mm -hmm. And then some of you have already received from the Lord that what he's asking you to do, right? What's the destiny? What is the, the bigger plan that he has in your life, right? Mm -hmm. So just believe in it and trust that that will happen, that will come to pass. As for the next one, we are having a healthy living and surviving in the church. If we need to be in a church and then we need to live healthily as a member of the church, as, as how should I say, an individual also, then we need to learn from this. Okay. Can somebody just read Ephesians chapter 2, 21 to 22 for me? Just read this out. Can I pass the mic to Christine, your closer? <laughs> in him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Thank you. Can I ask you what words that catch your, your sight? Which words catch your eyes? Being built together. Being built together. Thank you, Patricia. Being built together. That means that we grow up, we mature, not on our own, mm. but together. And being built, built up by the Lord together. Mm. Together. Together. Mm. It is very important. So, church is not, you know, made up with one single person, mm -hmm. but the whole being. Okay, now let's have a spiritual check-up. Our spiritual wellness check-up. Mm -hmm. So, now we turn to ourselves. Even though we are together, then we need to ask whether I am in, in this condition. Do, do we, ourselves, have a good relationship with others? good relationship with others and do we welcome friends to edit us, to change us, to correct us, to point out our weakness? Mm -hmm. Have we dealt with our woundedness? Mm -hmm. How do we handle our rejections? And that is the last one. It's really important. I would say it will enrich our life. Have we built up any meaningful relationship with people around us. Mm. So, I will go to each item. The first one, good relationship with others. Okay, 
when we get together, the glory that we carry is much bigger. Much bigger. Can, the, the, the glory that we carry individually it cannot compare to the glory that we carry collectively as a whole church. So people will not just remember so-and-so. People will always remember Life Center. Oh, that guy is from Life Center. Oh, that church is, you know, with certain characteristic. Just like I can mention to you some of the churches in my mind, like Bill Johnson's Church Bethel, right? What do you remember from that church? <laughs> what do you remember? They had miracles, right? A lot of miracles. They, they believe in miracles and miracles, right? Like the um, Jesus image. They like to worship, right? So when you mention about certain church, you know the character. So that is the glory of the whole church. And also as, as the glory for us individually. I'm from this church. You'd be you know, very proud of yourself from Life Center, right? We need to trust others relationally. So we need to build up relationship with others and we need to trust other people. They are, what they do is always you know, good to us. When they say something to us, we need to trust that if we build up relationship with them, then we need to trust that they come to me to say something like that. That, that means that they want me to, to mature. They, they are helping me to grow. So. And when we are working together as a church, we do a lot of works, right? A lot of different work, a lot of activities. But we need a church that is with heart-based relations, not activity-based, okay? We can do a lot of things, right? We can go out to preach the gospel, and then we can, you know, holding different meetings. But if we just do it as an activity, that is not what the law wants. That means that we need to have another check up on that, that area. Okay, and when people know us, and then, of course, we also need to know that where we belong, right? And then we, we move on to the next one, that is, need to know our own community. All right, and I will read this one from Acts chapter 4, 23 to 24. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised a voice together in prayer <coughs> to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You know, Peter and John was being questioned by the elders, by the chief priests. And they were having a very challenging time. When they were being released, what did, what did they do? They went back to their own people. And they went back to the church. They went back to tell everybody what had happened. And other people then start praising God for that. You know, they raised the word and praised the Lord for releasing them. And also they prayed pray a blessing over them. Right. And if you go on to the next one, we need friends to edit us. And here, just now we mentioned about that we, we are hoping that when we're having a good relations with others, we trust that other people, when they come to us, what they say is for our good. Then 
we need to trust that people, we need friends. We, we need to know that in a church, we cannot be, you know, those people just come and go and without even knowing somebody's name. And that is not a healthy church. So we need friends to edit us. Um, I'll read on to, to 29, actually is from the previous one. Now Lord, consider their hearts and enable your servant to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. This one is actually those people who have seen um, Peter and John being released and then what did they do? They, they, they pray a blessing over them and then they give thanks to the Lord for their being released, right? And as a church, I think that there's some things that we need is a culture. Today, you're coming for a prophetic workshop, right? And we need a culture, a prophetic culture. For some of the churches, they do not, you know, um, operate the work of the Holy Spirit. And then they, they may not have, you know, something called prophetic workshop or prophetic ministry or anything with the word prophetic, they even do not have, have not heard of that in the church, maybe in their whole life. Okay, but we are very blessed. We have a prophetic culture in Life Center. We'll, we'll try to see whether we do have it. Okay, so why is so important? We need a prophetic, here I, the title is that, need a prophetic culture to cultivate a king. King Saul is such a person. And Samuel just went to him and said that, oh, the law has given him words. And then I will encourage you to go back to, to read from 1 Samuel chapter 8 to 10. Those few chapters will tell you quite clearly what um, the law had asked Samuel to do to, to actually to annoy um, King Saul, Saul to be the king. But he doesn't think that he is. He thinks that he's from uh, the tribe of Benjamin, and he didn't think that high about himself. So it's Samuel persistent encouragement. Remember last time that when we prophesize over others, we do three things. What do we do? Encourage. <laughs> encourage. Yes, encourage others and strength. Sorry? Strengthen. Strengthen. Thank you. Thank you. Very good indeed. <laughs> okay. Who else? Encourage. Encourage. Strengthen. And one more. Comfort. Comfort. Oh, well, well done. experience of um, Saul and Samuel is actually the persistence uh, work of ministry of Samuel that built up a king that is King Saul right so we ask ourselves do we have a prophetic culture okay it takes the culture to activate the works right if we do not have a culture I think we will stay here we'll stay here we'll, we'll, we'll gather every Sunday here but now we are moving on to a new place, to a bigger place, to a more glorious place. I'm not saying this is not a good place, okay? 
the law still take care of this place, right? Just now you see a lot of people outside, right? And then they are renting this place to be their church. And, and the law is doing that because of that, because we are moving to a new, newer, bigger place, then they will be able to have, uh, you know, a place for them to gather and worship the Lord, right? So we need a culture to activate the works. So we are asking the law for the works, right? And we also need a nurturing soil for prophetic works. I learned one word that is Hebrew, I think Hebrew, called erect. Actually, I didn't know the word before, but I just learned it, okay? And that is the soil. That place for the things to flourish. So, for as a church, we also need a soil uh, to nurture these prophetic words. And as we are doing that, why I ask you, do you have, have you put down the words that you receive? We need to align with our peers. You say, what, what have you got from the law? And you saying that some, some trees, okay. Oh, I also see that. I also have a vision with a place very green. And then we can actually do it together. Mm. So we always align with others. Mm. Always. The word frequently is used here, right? Okay. Now, as a church, we need to check out. Just now, we, we, are, we are saying that there are several things that we need to pay attention to. First is pulling out the weeds. Because it's a soil. If you are a gardener, mm -hmm. and if there's weeds, then it will brought all the plants, right? All other plants, it cannot grow well. And then you need to pull out the weeds. What are the weeds in our life? We need to watch out for something that is over-diet spirit. What is over-diet spirit in our life? Do you know what the word over-diet? Nowadays, we're in a very, you know, rich, you know, society, I would say. Quite a wealthy society. We do not have, you know, um, you don't, you don't have the word feminist. I don't think that it appear here, right? But we deliberately, of course, we are fasting. <laughs> we are fasting. But some people are over diet. What is over diet spirit? That means I don't know whether you have seen some people like this. They go to, from conference to conference. They go to different trainings. Never stop but they don't settle in one place. They don't have a church, they don't have a family, they don't settle in one place. They just go from hopping from one place to another place, hoping to get more and more. That is over diet. Ask yourself, yes, it is good for us to learn, but if I'm over diet person, okay, maybe you think that mm, they, there's something that's not quite right in their life, right? Okay, the same with the spirit. Okay, we also need to have an unoffendable heart. This is a new con word, I think. Mm -hmm. Unoffendable heart. Mm -hmm. This is actually what I received in the last Zoom call. Mm -hmm. On Tuesday? Is it on Tuesday? I cannot remember. On a Zoom call, oh no, the day before yesterday, the law is saying that we need to deal with the offense mm -hmm. among us. So, why we need an unoffendable heart, it is very important. I will go to that later. And we need to deal with our woundedness. Okay, I'm closing my eyes, and then I'm asking you, you all close your eyes, okay? Anybody who had not been wounded, you can put up your hand. 
Uh, am I allowed to, to peek into it? Oh, nobody. Okay, thank you. Nobody. Thank you. You can open our eyes. Everybody has been wounded. You agree? We are being wounded in some way. Okay, so if we are wounded, we cannot, you know, steward God's word in a way that is, how, how should I say, um, who will bring him glory if we do not deal with it. If we are hurting, if we are hurting, if we're wounded, we cannot handle the words in a way that can bring him glory. And then we also need to get over rejection. Who has not been rejected in their life? Everybody, especially one person being rejected so badly. We know him, Jesus, right? Really rejected. Okay, now, how do we handle our offense? Next one, please. Dealing with offense. Okay, the wit and why an offendable heart is so important. Why? Because that we know that iron sharpens iron, as in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Mm -hmm. Iron sharpens iron. So one person sharpens another. I don't know how you feel when you're being sharpened. Sharpen. If you use a sharpener to sharpen something, that means that if you... Who have the experience of sharpening a knife? Mm -hmm. Okay, Patricia, how do you do it? Tell me, teach me. Uh, I don't do it properly like the shifts or the thing. Just got a little machine where you draw through and it's really abrasive. Uh huh. Yeah. So, would, would that something come off when you, you you do it like this? You don't see it, but probably yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, if it's a very you know rusty one, mm -hmm. then the, all the rust will come off, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. So, if imagine you are sharp as the knife, and then when you being rubbed against what is it called? Well, it's two blades that sit in a little groove, and you. All right. the knife through it. So, so sharpener, right? Yeah. Sure. It's called a sharpener, right? If you, you are the knife going through that sharpener, and then if for the rusty one, and then those, you know, the rust come off. If imagine you yourself as your body goes through those, how do you feel? Painful. Painful. <laughs> Extremely painful, I think. So when we are being sharpened, it's never comfortable at all. Never. But is that important? Yes, it is important. Without being sharpened, the knife will not be put in good use. Right? Uh-huh. And okay, and how do we put it out? Ephesians chapter four, fifteen tells us. Samuel, can you read it for me? Instead of speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. Okay, when we speak the word, we speak the truth, the truth, right? But we need to speak in very important attitude, in love. We speak the truth in love. If somebody is there and then is greedy, and then you just go to doubt them. Oh, you shouldn't be greedy. That's what the Bible says. And then you quote a verse to them. Oh, dear. Can the person receive the words? I don't think so. It will be really helpful for him or her, mm -hmm. right? And then, how do we put it 
in a language that he can receive it or she can receive it. Is that we can put it in love. Tell tell the person the truth. Speak the truth in love. So this is a very this is not an easy job, but I'm I'm sure when we have really have a heart that love our brothers and sisters, we know what they can receive well. Because you are, we are not doing it on our own, right? We are guided by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who put words in our mouth when we speak it out. We are going to do that later. <laughs> we are going to practice it, okay? And then, how we can sharpen a person, how we can help a person to grow, and yet we speak in love, and the person can receive it well enough so that we can mature together as a body, okay? Mature body of him. Okay, how do we deal with woundedness then? Just now we said saying about how to deal with who out the weeks, right? And then have an unoffendable heart. When people speak such a good, you know, words in truth and in love to us, we just receive it. We just need to believe that they are coming to us for our good then you will not be offended. Next, dealing with woundedness. Wounded prophet, oh dear. This is a quite strong word, right? Wounded prophets are worst prophets. Wow. How can we deal with our woundedness then? We need to learn. They will open door, oh, they will even open door for demonic invasion. Wounded prophets will either be offensive and defensive. So, if you are, you know, in the church and then you are, you know, we, we are not an island, right? We are actually having relationship with people around us. If you find that, oops, quite, quite a lot of time people offend you or offend us, then why? Why I get offended so easily? Then I need to ask myself. If somebody come to me and say to me, oh, Eliana, you, next time when you speak, can you speak, uh, more gently, you're, you're too too harsh, you are too hard to me. <laughs> and then I will say, okay. <laughs> and then and then if I say, oh, that's what I received from the Lord. That's what I, I heard from him. And then that is defensive. So then we need to learn how to speak it and then how to say it in a way in love, okay? And how can we do it? What can we do if we are wounded? Okay, there's several suggestions. Don't partner with I am always right, okay? And then get yourself in a quiet space and remain emotionally indifferent. This one is interesting, right? So if you find that there's some wounds in you, then deal with it and go to God, not the person. <coughs> go to God first, go to the Lord first. And then you need to give yourself some quiet space and then ask the Lord to shine on into your life and reveal what's in your heart. And then remain emotionally indifferent. What does that mean? That means that if somebody, you know, offend you, you will be, the first reaction must be angry. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Or hurt. <laughs> Either hurt or angry. Okay, if you're hurt or angry, and then you cannot really go to the Lord. You need to, you know, calm yourself down first and then remain indifferent emotionally. Mm -hmm. Then you can have the space with God. And to need to retreat into wildness. 
you, you don't just go on track on that. And then to need, you need a different rhythm, a rhythm that is deeper healing. If we you really realize that you need a deeper healing, you are very blessed to be in Life Center mm -hmm. because we have miracle clinics. We can, you know, you can get ministry, you can be ministered to. Okay, how about rejection then? Just now we mentioned about the offend, offend, and then also wound, woundedness, and then this type of rejection. Rejection is almost inevitable. Even Jesus himself was being rejected many times, right? And prophets are very good at arousing rejection. You can read oh, from the Bible, all the prophets are being rejected. Am I right? Uh -huh. You can go and then read all those books. Uh -huh. And the prophet are actually easily hurt. Some of them, actually, they hide, right? Like, who is the one who's hiding? <laughs> <laughs> and being swallowed. Swallowed. Like, I don't want to be swallowed by the question. Because the stomach is too smelly. <laughs> I don't want to get into that. So, we need to get over the rejection. Okay, how do we get over rejection? Okay, stop taking things personally. Do not let there be a bitter root. If you think that somebody offend you, or they're trying to sharpen you, and yet you find it difficult to receive, and stop thinking, taking the things personally. Oh, he, just, he doesn't like me, she doesn't like me. That's why, always pick on me. Okay, don't think that way. Okay, if you think that way, and then that is taking things too personally. Okay, then if you take things personally, I, okay, I better say, ah, if I take things personally, then a bitter root will grow in my heart. Then that will, and then I be, become a wounded prophet, and then I don't like the demonic invasion. I really dislike it. I, I use a stronger word, I hate it. So, that's why. I don't let the root develop. And stop comparing yourself to others. Different people have different anointing. And we are at a different stage, right? Like, Christy is so young. I'm at this age. And then I'm saying, oh, how good is it to be like Christy with such a small skin? I'm comparing, right? This is an analogy. Okay, so put it in, and then in the spirit. If you're comparing to somebody, wow, Pastor Richard, he, he exercises, he operates in such a level. And then you're saying, but I'm thinking, you need to think that, oh, I'm learning. That's all right. <laughs> then you don't take the things, you know, don't compare. And everybody is unique. Somebody pick up things differently, right? Somebody like Elspeth was telling me, I, I don't have the prophetic anointing. I don't have the But she always hear from God and then she put it into action. She work it up. And then she's hearing from God already. And then that's the way she exercises. The way she exercises to operate her for prophetic gift is different from the way maybe Smitha operate your prophetic gift, right? That's different. Everybody's different, right? Okay, and avoid rejection readdress. What is rejection readdress? Don't go through it again and again. Oh, that's what he said. That's what she said to me. Oh, that's really hurting. And then you repeat it. Not Even you do not gossip. You do not tell other people. 
but you repeat it to yourself and go through it again and again. That is not good for us. Uh huh. So that is something that we need, we need to pull out. Okay, and we see every mistakes as an opportunity. We do make mistake, right? When we prophesy, sometimes we cannot be hundred percent accurate, right? If you look at if say fifty fifty, if you look at oh, oh, 40, 49 and fifty one, if you have 51 percent accurate, forty nine percent inaccurate, and you always look at your forty nine, then you can never grow. You can never be more accurate, right? So we see every mistake as an opportunity. Oh, I didn't get this right today. Why? And then you say, oh, maybe I need to go deeper and then ask the Lord to reveal more to me and not to, to be too hasty. Then you learn it, right? We learn every time. And do we have good soil? Uh-huh. That is, that is something good, right? After you pull out the weeds, if you're a gardener, then you put fertilizer into the soil to prepare the, the soil to be uh, a good place for your plants to grow, for your plants to flourish, right? Okay, we need to build up meaningful relationship with people, and we also need to be teachable. Right, building up meaningful relationship, we need to be interdependent, not independent. Interdependent, that's why we gather together. That's why we say that, can we write down all the things that you receive and then we, we will have a look and then we will see the big picture. Just like putting the puzzle. Um, oh, the Lord has actually, oh, I will tell you, if the, the Lord had tell, told Debbie, oh, this is the kitchen, how's the kitchen like? And if the Lord told uh, Elspeth, there will be a library. And then she just see a library. And if the, the, the Lord told Patricia, there's a kitchen. And the, how the kitchen arranged, you do not put them together. Then when we are having the church, how can we decorate the church? <laughs> That's why we're putting a puzzle together. This is fun. Mm -hmm. This is really fun, right? And we bring all the things together and see how it be put together. This is really fun. So we need to be interdependent, not independent. Don't think that, oh, I'm very good. And then I got all the picture. I know how big it is. I know where, which, even which street, which row it will be, and then how the area and all the things. No, I don't think the Lord doing things that way. Otherwise, He would not give us fivefold ministry, right? He is giving us. He asks us to be interdependent. Okay. That there is a special anointing when we bond with others. Okay, if you have time, you can go back to read 1 Samuel 19, 20 to 24. So when Saul was among a group of prophets, he himself prophesied. Okay, and you know, authority comes forth to us only when we are in a community. If you can read, um, if somebody can, okay, we may not be able to have, read today. Go to Revelation 11. Actually, there are two witnesses. Right? In the Bible, it says two witnesses or two prophets, and they prophesy together. Okay. And then the next one, we go to the next one. That is, open our heart for a deep and meaningful relationship. So, just now we say that we need to build a meaningful relationship. But if we do not open our heart, 
we are always on the guard, and then oh, I, I don't I don't want to get close to some some somebody, and then you it's difficult for us to develop a real relationship, a true and meaningful relationship. So we just need to allow the Lord to expose the true condition of our heart. We need to deal with ourselves first when we build relationship with others. What's in my heart? And we are in the Bible. We ask the best um, words. Ask the Lord to search our hearts, right? And then if if we ask the Lord to search our heart, if the Lord reveal to you, then you you need to handle it. You need to really deal with that. Okay. If you are not able to deal with it, what what can you do? Go to somebody who is more mature or who can pray for you, they love you and intercede for you. And then you need to handle that. And then God, against independency in our life, nobody can do all the work themselves on their own, even in the secular world, right? And my jealousy. Some people, they are really very good, very prophetic. And then if we are operating in our prophetic uh, anointing or prophetic gift, and then we would just say, oh, that person. And then we need to be careful, really be careful about this and mind the competitive spirit. Okay, I'm going to go to the last one. Be teachable. Be teachable. And untouchability causes a person to fall, right? Why are somebody is unteachable? Because they're arrogant. They usually fall. Untouchability causes somebody to fall. So we need to be to have a teachable heart. Teachable prophets are good and mature prophets. If somebody can receive teaching, correction from others, they will mature quicker and they be a better prophet. And in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 31, it says, Whoever hits life-giving correction will be at home among the wise and cause one to be among the wise people, right? Right. That's my sharing for today. And now it's your show time. <laughs> your own show time. Okay. Can you all uh, team up with somebody that you